This After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween Horror Nights news and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.HHNUnofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Wendy Presser at Magical Journeys Travel is proud to be a sponsor of the After Dark Podcast Network. Whether you've been to Disney one or a hundred times, there's still lots of planning involved. Let Wendy be the one at midnight when your window opens to get that Be Our Guest reservation or that covers with Anna and Elsa Fast Pass for your own princess. Mention that you heard this ad on one of our podcasts and get $25 off your deposit with any trip package. Be sure to ask about her generous onboard credits for Disney Cruise Lines as well. Find her on Twitter at WPMagicJourneys or WPMagicJourneys.com. Universal After Dark, a universal podcast that's not the same as all the others. Uh, good evening and welcome to another edition of Universal After Dark. I'm Nick and I've got no idea why I'm doing this introduction. Actually I do, it's force of habit. That's what it is, it's force <laughs> of habit. And this is why I hate it, because really this should be Amanda's job. I was literally about to be like, hi, welcome to Universal After Dark. <laughs> We really should have thought about that before. We've I, look. To be fair, we decided five seconds ago we were doing this, not this after dark. What we didn't discuss was how we was going to do it. So we've, I've fluffed an introduction now, and as you can hear, Amanda is clearly here, and so is Mister Ripley. <laughs> and should I'm, we do take two? Oh, absolutely, absolutely not, because that means I have to record something else. No, sod that. All that's going to happen now is we fluff the introduction, everyone knows who's on the show, I'm now going to shut up. All right, okay. So on that note then, Nick, clearly you must have been drinking. So what are you drinking? Surprisingly not, actually. I'm just <laughs> drinking. I've been, I've been sick ever since the last episode. And I'm just kind of getting back to normal, but oh, my no. throat is still uh, bothering me. So um, just on the way home, I stopped and looked at beer and thought, no, and just got some standard Pepsi Max. So, uh, chin chin. Uh, Pepsi Max. Chris, tell me that you're drinking something better than Pepsi Max. Oh, I, I had a beer earlier, but in honour of Craig, who's not here, I've actually got a Hanukkah. <laughs> and some chicken uh, let's not forget that me and Craig come from the same place <laughs> in honour of you then Amanda I've got a can of coke and some chicken and some Excellent. chicken <laughs> well I've been drinking Budweiser but now I'm trying something that I've never had before and it's old Mount Cider passion fruit and apple and it stays you old romantic ooh I know. Uh, it doesn't taste very romantic, but 
It's all right. If I remember rightly, because I'm quite a big fan of passion fruit based beverages, I don't think any of those passion fruit ciders taste like passion fruit. No, this tastes like absolute apple juice. Yeah, I, I've That's had the. Um, I think Recorder League do one as well. Yeah, I like the Record League one. That's the one that I usually get, but I thought I'd try something a little bit different. Hmm. Mm-hmm. By the way, um, I don't know if you guys do this, but I always listen back to our episodes after we've recorded them. Sometimes. So, I went on a little holiday to the Lake District a few days ago, and I listened back to the last Universal After Dark, and I didn't stop laughing for the whole entire time. <laughs> Nothing like blowing <laughs> your own so trumpet funny. there. Which was the no, last one? The one where you and Craig just kept throwing 80s stuff at me all the time, and I was oh. like, no idea. <laughs> yeah. Was it an 80s well, reference special? Well, Nick, Nick and I can do that. That's no problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Craig, I'll do so that. I've already had a good start. <laughs> you referenced the three amigos, and the man almost cried. <laughs> what is yeah, this stuff? But speaking of 80s, right. I'll talk about... Well, actually, this came up before the 80s, so it's even older. Um, has anyone else noticed that Halloween Horror Nights just keep referencing Blue, Blue Oyster Cult? Don't be the Reaper. Maybe. Like, in all of the advertising that they're doing, and then they're posting tweets with lyrics from it, and I'm like, Why? Does that mean this year's mascot could be a cowbell? Yeah, that's exactly what it means. Oh. Exactly what it means. Oh, I wish I was going to this year's Halloween Horror Nights. I love cowbells. Oh. <laughs> Even cowbells. So what are they actually doing? They're just tweeting, they're tweeting lyrics to Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult. And then... On the the website, which looks fancy AF now, by the way, because they have a new website, um, they even have lyrics to the song on there. But they're not playing the song on there. They're not playing the song on there, but I feel like they're one step away from playing the song on there. So on the website, it says, all our times have come. Okay, yeah. That's a, that's a line from the song. Years, yeah. Maybe the icon is the Reaper. I prefer my answer. <laughs> has the Reaper been done before? I don't recall he's been done before as the icon, has he, Chris? Well, no, but in, I think it's Japan, last <laughs> year or the year before, they had an icon that was called Lady Death. And she looks fabulous. Mm. Like, anyone that ever hears me talk about Halloween Horror Nights will know that I'm always a gigantic fan of female icons. And this one, I think, is ridiculously awesome. Because didn't they nick Jack the Clown? They did. They they had him last year. So then we've Have nicked you. their Lady Death. I hope so, you know, because I've been looking at pictures of her for the last few days and I absolutely love her. Surely, I think she's fantastic. Surely the benefit of, of having characters like the Caretaker and Jack is that they're their own properties, so they can kind of use them as and how they want. Yeah, but they could do so many cool things with this character, though, because years ago, they used to do the Festival of the Dead parade, and it was like a 
um like day of the dead parade type of thing and they'd throw beads out like mardi gras they could do something like that again they could maybe bring back la Llorona. they could do so much with this character i think if this is what it is this could be amazing i think it's a big possibility i mean people are basically saying it's either her or the caretaker papa would love the caretaker again when was the caretaker last last seen? Well, technically, um, the twentieth anniversary. Yeah, because was uh, there a um, was was there a caretaker bit in the streets, like one of the stage areas? Yeah, yeah. yeah. He had his own like. Um, has he been there since then? Am I? Th- no, that that was it. At twenty five, um, he had his own little bit. With like the twenty five, yeah, twenty five. Sorry, yeah, he had like a mini stage. All the icons had a, well, apart from Bloody Mary, all had their own little. Oh, R.I.P. Bloody Mary. <laughs> Not the dream. but yeah, realistically, I'd be happy with either of them. They both seem pretty cool ideas, but I'm really, really hoping for this lady death. Yeah, not the voodoo queen that some people are saying. Oh, but I'd love that as well. <laughs> I just keep looking at all these rumours flying around on the internet and I'm like, yes, yes, yes to everything. I'm going to be happy with absolutely anything that these that these guys do. Well, literally, I, I got the proof back today from the publishers for the book and the last thing that I put in it was a, 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 a fear fact. I put these sort of fear facts all the way through the book and one of them says... Voodoo Queen House has been attempted and tried so many times. Sorry, attempted for Halloween Horror Nights and planned, but never actually ever done. Hmm. But I think this year we might be lucky. Is that so? Um, is that a little bit like she's a standby, like Timmy Malik used to be the standby for I'm a Celebrity <laughs> every year? In case someone dropped out. So if one of the properties drops out, they've got a house ready to go kind of thing sort of i mean they've had this basic idea of what they want to do and a few years it's just fallen off the table because they've had other stuff and then years where they were going to do it they had park expansion so they couldn't do it and then was it last year or the year before they had a a mini scare zone with her in and then it got cancelled yeah that was 25 as well that was 25 yeah because it was quite graphic um they said it was People complained because, well, I th- wasn't it? People complained because there was a there was a whole train of people got stuck on Rip Ride Rocket, and they were stuck on it for a couple of hours, and <laughs> Halloween Horror Nights started up. So then you had this whole train of families walk through Halloween Horror Nights to get out the park. Oh, I was going to say, what's the problem? But yes, that, that yeah. would potentially be... So I don't know if it was that occasion where they complained, but at least quite a few people did complain about this Voodoo Queen scare zone. I wonder if Boy. anyone complained that shared the same name or a similar name with a famous Hollywood actress. Yeah, but she didn't complain. No, no, no. And, and I said somebody had the same name. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, so I, I have that episode. Right. I watched her little show and her scare zone 
before I went over to Orlando that year and I was like oh my god I'm so excited to see this this looks ridiculously amazing and then when I got there it had already been scrapped so at least I got to see it but the actress that was playing the voodoo queen was incredible she's brilliant does that happen often Chris because I don't I have read your book and I, I do, you. I do say to anyone that hasn't always <laughs> contemplate go and buy it. One, one of the versions. I, I'm, I've only got one that's a few years old now. Well, not the revised edition, but um, I don't remember reading too much in there about things that have been cancelled midway through a season. There well, have been instances, I know, but yeah, well, well, a lot of that I don't like to talk too much about because Universal gets a bit fussy if i put stuff like that in right, okay so but i mean there's been plenty of houses cancelled before the event has started i mean this year if rumors are true there's a house that's been built and then cancelled just like they did in 25 when scream was cancelled and had to be retrofitted with purge at the ninth hour mm. um so this year there is rumors that a house has been cancelled um and then replaced with another one um but in terms of mid-run, I mean, there was, strangely, there was, do you remember, uh, Amanda, there was that year when The Walking Dead was in all the streets everywhere. Yeah. There, there was a tent and there was this mini show of these people killing and, uh, sorry, walkers killing and eating the guts of a person. Uh-huh. That was, that was cancelled. People thought it was too graphic. But then it was actually in The Walking Dead house last year. I don't know why people complain. I don't understand it. You go into a horror event, it's mm. going to be graphic. There's warnings on on your ticket. There is warnings saying that it's a graphic event. Oh, I yeah, don't understand sure. it. You know what? Um, and I, Amanda, this is yours. So I'm going to say something and you can decide to do what you want. Okay. I've been holding back on talking about something to do with Halloween Horror Nights for a long time. And I know that you want to talk about the ticketing situation. But what you've just said has kind of triggered me thinking maybe tonight might be the night that we talk about that. Okay. But Go for it. In ter- well, no, I was going to say, in terms of that, because there's other things that Amanda wanted to talk about as well, can we push that towards the end? Uh-huh. So you, Because so, I want you to get the, the bits that you wanted to talk about originally... And then we'll go back and do like a whole horror Halloween Horror Nights bit. Okay, remind me then. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But this could be a bit of a shocker. Okay, I'm excited. Okay, well, in that case then, I'm going to move on to tickets because us in the UK have had the opportunity to be able to buy tickets from our UK ticket specialists for about a month or two now. We've been able to buy the frequent fear plus ticket, but that was it. But Halloween Horror Nights released all of their ticket options a couple of days ago when they released the new website. So Craig, as you know, is going to Halloween Horror Nights for the weekend in September. Crazy man. Yes. And so he messaged me a couple of days ago to ask what kind of ticket I felt like he should buy and straight away I went in with the frequent fear plus ticket but he is going to be there for Friday, Saturday, Sunday and Monday 
and he wanted to be able to go on the Saturday. So then I was like, okay, ultimate frequent fear is an option this year. That's $199, which I think is a really good deal because it gives you access to every single night. I think that's a ridiculously good deal. What um, dates are we talking about? He would be going the second week that it's on. Okay, 21st to the 24th. Yeah. So then I went onto the website and realised that I'd forgotten about Russia Fear. And I feel like I always forget about this ticket because I don't go in the first couple of weeks I tend to go towards the very end of September. So then I found him a ticket, Russia Fear, $91.99, that would get you in for the first 10 days. Mm. And I think that's an awesome deal. So he could get in if he wanted to, Thursday if he was there, Friday, Saturday and Sunday for $91.99. That that is a absolute cracking deal because after that first weekend, the visitor numbers do slack off quite a bit. Uh-huh. And you talk about the Saturdays, the twenty third and the thirtieth. Some some Saturdays in the last year, we noted from the figures we took, some of the Saturdays I wouldn't say were dead, but because they were so expensive, the Saturdays they were really quiet. Mm-hmm. So Russia Fear is an ultimate. Um, bargain if you're going in those first three weeks it's ridiculously good because now that they have a flex ticket where because in the past you had to pick pick what if you were going to buy a one night ticket you'd have to pick what night you were going to go on mm. but now they have the flex ticket so you just pay 85.99 if you want it to include saturdays and then you can go you can pick any date to go between sunday and saturday so for realistically an extra six dollars he can go every night rather than one night. That's ridiculous. Honestly, I was so shocked at how cheap it was for that ticket. And Craig was like, seriously, I can get in for all of the nights in the first 10 days for that for that amount of money. And I was like, yeah. Would that, knowing that now, I mean, obviously you're, you're going this year already, you've booked up to go. But knowing that now, would that possibly change your trips in the future knowing that would be available I mean I've always known that it's available but I just kind of choose to go a couple weeks later because the way that I see it is I see what people put on YouTube the first few days of the event and I feel like those first few days is them kind of getting into the swing of it and realising certain things need to be changed and certain things could be better so by the time I go in the first couple of weeks of October everything's running really smoothly but I mean on the flip side of that and and I agree it's really like a live dress rehearsal at the same time if you did go earlier there's a chance that you may see things that you may not going later because for whatever reason they've been pulled that is true and the houses are usually in pristine condition. Mm-hmm. Yes, the, the they own... haven't been uh, broken down by the, the guests uh, yet. Well, well, exactly. People have nicked props and stuff really? been damaged. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. God. Everything's glued down, but people do try and nick stuff. Oh, yeah. I mean, damage I can uh, completely get because of how people run through houses <laughs> sometimes. But nicking props is low. 
And I mean, the only downside, I mean, this is a very, 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 very slim downside. Is sometimes because the the footfall sort of gets a lot lower towards Halloween, ironically, um, sometimes they do add new experiences or new scare zones, but that hasn't happened every single year. Mm-hmm. Well, realistically, next year I'm already planning to try and go for maybe a month. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Because I'm going this year for pretty much three weeks anyway, so I'm like, well, what's next for a week? Mm-hmm. So realistically, I'm wanting to go from from start and weekend for a month. But I just need to figure that out. I couldn't get Russia Fear then anyway. I'd have to get the ultimate. But if I remember correctly, Chris, mm-hmm. last year, the ultimate ticket was an awful lot more expensive. Yeah, literally nobody bought it last year. Wasn't it about $500? I got a feeling it was quite expensive. Let me see if I can bring it up. I'm positive that it was, but this year it's 199.99, and that gets you into every single night of the event. You can you can pay $599 and get Express Pass for every single night, which I still think is a bargain because realistically Express Passes are between $70 and like $120 a night anyway. Sorry, how much was the Express one? Between, oh, for the, for the ultimate ticket yeah. for every night with Express is $599.99. Yeah. I mean, so if if you went if you did actually go every single night and you were going to buy express for maybe like three or four nights, you've already made your money back. And I mean, this is you know this is the the unknown person here saying this. So you know, I'm, I suppose I'm not the the angel on the shoulder or whatever. I'm the opposite. <clears throat> but if you were going, if you was able to go that many times, uh-huh. surely the only reason to have an express pass. Is if you was going for one or two nights and you were worried about not going to all the houses, but if you was able to go as often as you wanted to, surely the only thing you, you'd have to do is queue. I guess it depends because I had this issue last year where I buy express passes for a couple of nights. I think I ended up going about eight or nine eight or nine nights last year, and there's certain times when I would buy Express Pass and then people that I was going to be hanging out with wouldn't have Express Passes mm. or vice versa. And then it's like, well, now I've paid a hundred and odd dollars for an Express Pass and I'm going to have to just wait in a queue anyway. Or my friends would have Express Passes and I'd be like, well, I don't want to make them wait in a line when they've paid. Yes. So at least if you had the Express Pass for every night you could kind of come and go as you pleased and also not have to wait for a really long time. So the thing is, like, I I would have thought that the, you know, if you're, if you're going with people as well, so there's a group of you, the experience of queuing up, the anticipation of, of queuing up to go into a house is actually quite fun. It is, right, but this is what I was, I don't remember who I was talking to a few days ago, and I was talking about the RIP tour, and I was saying I loved the RIP tour, but I, I missed waiting in line for just a little bit because that's where you, you have a laugh with your friends and, mm. you know, you have fun in the queue. But on the flip side, when you're waiting in line for three hours, that's half of your night gone, and after an hour, you're, you're sick of talking to your friends. <laughs> that, well. in, a, in a nice way. I still love you all, 
but after an hour you're like I don't want to play heads up anymore I'm sick of asking about what you've been up to I just want to get in the house yeah, and that's why we try not to do three-hour podcasts. <laughs> yeah, and it's not called. Not um, it's not called waiting in line. It's called making friends as well. Yeah, it depends who you're in line with. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I always, always, always advise people to get express passes. But when I was having my conversation with Craig, what I told him that I do personally is because I. I do go so many nights. I judge it when I get there as to whether or not I'll need an express pass. So I see what the crowds are like, and then if I need one, there's there's stands all over the park that you can buy the express passes from. I'd hate to to spend a hundred dollars for an express pass, get there, and it's dead, and I don't need one. Okay, so what do you know what the variance is in buying it in advance compared to buying it on the night? I don't think there's a lot in it, to be honest. And it, it definitely depends on the night as well. So I ha- I've paid $70 and I've paid about $110. Right. It totally depends on the night. And the later in the night you buy it, it, it kind of gets more expensive at first. And then after about 11 or 12 o'clock, it gets cheaper. Yeah. Yeah, because you can only use it for a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Exactly. But there was one night last year where Express Pass sold out and I've never, ever, ever seen that happen before. Wow. Mm-hmm. Well, no, that's good, though, because what you don't want is for you to buy an Express Pass and then find that you're still queuing for 30, 45 minutes to get into a house and Express Pass because exactly. there's so many. Yeah. So literally that night I was I was with um Tim and Brady and we just looked for the shortest queues and we just stood in line and we just had fun waiting in line but we wouldn't have stood in line for 2 or 3 hours for a house we just kind of enjoyed hanging out and going through the scare zones instead mm-hmm. but it was a very very busy night it was just after the hurricane basically so there was a couple of nights where nobody could go so everybody piled into these next couple of days. I mean, I, I, they won't tell me, but I genuinely believe that they sell less um, express passes than they used to. Do you think? Well, in the old days, like old, old days, it, they were really selective about their express passes. I mean, they literally, they did used to sell out quite frequently. Mm-hmm. And then about, I don't know, 10 years maybe, eight years ago they were just selling them everywhere i mean you just get them anywhere you like and then by about i don't know 2012 2013 something like that the express line would be bloody just as long as the regular line on some nights Mm. um just because that stupid scanning technology never worked for anyone's lanyard and you just have to keep bloody waiting and then there was just this huge queue of people with express passes and then universal changed their terms and conditions to say that um i can't remember what it said now but it was something along the lines of express passes don't guarantee instant entry that your weight will be at least half or at most half of what the standby line is mm-hmm. so i wonder and i don't know for sure if they do sell less because it has started to sell out again maybe 
but it might just be the increased number of people coming to the event. I mean, I think we definitely are seeing more people year on year. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I was talking about it in Scare Zone podcast. There was supposedly temp- the uh, Tampa Bay Times said there were 600,000 people went to Halloween Horror Nights last year. Wow. 600,000. So it's quite a it's quite a big number. And if they're all paying at least, well, what's the cheapest ticket? $91? Um, you can get a one-day ticket Monday to Wednesday for $59.99 if you get the Coca-Cola thing. But other than that, it's $78. I still do that today. Yeah. Mm. yeah. I remember seeing the first one I went, but not the second, not for the 20th anniversary that I went. But I don't know, it was a local resident thing that they did. Mm-hmm. Used yeah. to be Pepsi. Did it? Yeah, it used to be Pepsi. I can yeah. only remember seeing it as Coke, but when obviously when we're travelling from England, we have to buy our tickets in advance. Mm-hmm. So we'd never really get the opportunity to do that unless we just kind of decided when we got there. But I think there's an awful lot of options for tickets this year. And I I really like the ticket options. I love them as well. But I tell you what, it did not confuse people. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I feel like I saw a lot of confusion about these flex tickets because the flex tickets were new this year weren't they mm, they were yeah so I feel like a lot of people were under the impression that you'd buy a flex ticket and you could go multiple times in that week yeah that's not it it's that you buy a ticket and you don't have to commit to a certain day you can yeah. just turn off which in itself is slightly easier because last year and the way they've always done it was that every single day had a different price. Mm-hmm. Um, so some days were cheap, like weekdays, and then some days, like the Saturdays, which I was explaining before, were really expensive. At least with the flex, there's only two options there, isn't there? Yeah, so Sunday to Friday or Sunday to Saturday. Yeah. But I'm really into these ticket options this year. I'm just trying to decide right now whether to get the ultimate frequent fear which will be every single day of the event including saturdays or the frequent fear plus which is every day except saturdays mm. what are your rough date are you two weeks or three weeks pretty much three i'm there for 20 days okay so it's towards the end of the event isn't it or no middle of the event isn't it yeah it's, it's right in the middle oh uh, yeah so that's a tough call isn't it that one i know I, so i'm thinking you should do the option without Saturday. Right. And on Saturdays, go to Old Town. And look at the right. nice cars. Well, she might be interested in that. Uh, right. I have to do that every year because <laughs> Josh comes with me every year usually. But it's just me and Ash this year, so we don't have to do any of that car stuff. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm celebrating. So I'm torn because... Me and Ash were having a discussion a few days ago, and I was like, "Okay, um, we've we've passed the point of booking our Disney dining. We haven't booked anything, 
are we wanting to actually book any Disney dining? <laughs> and realistically, our point of view for this year is that when we're at Disney, we just kind of want to eat at Food and Wine Festival. But then we figured that if we were to go for the ultimate ticket, that doesn't, and we and we did go every single night that the event was on, it doesn't leave an awful lot of Disney time. And we enjoy our nights at Epcot. So I'm kind of leaning more towards the Frequent Fear Plus and spending my Saturday nights at Food and Wine Festival. You'll probably get mm. a better artist on a Saturday night as well, I'd imagine. Probably. We probably would. But I just, I just can't decide because then we are going to be meeting up with friends over there who will be going on Saturdays. So I don't know. We, we just can't decide right now. So I haven't bought any tickets yet. The only thing I would say to that, Amanda, is a lot of people go to Halloween Horror Nights to experience fake hell. But if you wanted to experience actual hell, go to Epcot on a Saturday night. <laughs> I know. Because I know that, that is the rough. busiest theme park on a Saturday night. It is. That's last year. I got the Frequent Fear Plus last year. And so I did spend my Saturdays at Epcot. And it, it did get pretty rough sometimes. But if I... If I get the ultimate ticket, I'm barely going to spend any time at Disney. Mm. Is my only worry. So I, do, I just really don't know what to do right now. And then the flip side of that is I don't know whether I should get the Express included or whether I should do what I usually do and just turn up, judge it, and buy the Express when I need it. Mm. Tricky. There's so many options. Halloween Horror Nights, what are you doing to me? I've got a feeling mm. you might be going during... You might be going during Hell Week. Don't I always go during Hell Week? <laughs> you create it, Amanda. No, no. Um, I'm like, so hey, kids, might... all take the week off school. It's fine. Well, that's it. So you might actually need Express. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hell Week last year was very, very, very hellish, I'll have to say. Mm. Well, look, one thing that I have noticed is that we are now in the month of June mm-hmm. and we've only had a few house announcements. Yeah. Which I think is quite worrying. It's not It's not worrying, but it's it's unusual because normally by now we'd have a good idea of all the houses. Mm-hmm. But, well, around this time last year is when they announced Chance was going to be the icon. Yeah. Okay. But what I was thinking is that you... Um, you, you know, I'm the king of segways... You've actually <laughs> gone to see something recently, oh, which yeah. was rumoured to possibly be a house. Yeah, right. And now I'm a little sad that now it's kind of known that it's not going to be a house. Well, when you get Michaelo on Twitter going, I've just walked out of seeing the mummy for the first time, you kind of know it's not going to be a house, Alan. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, hey. The whole team were just talking about it. I'm like, ah, oh, right then. Sorry, okay. Mike, Mike who? Oh, yeah, E-I-E-I-O, as yeah. Uh, <laughs> Logan would say. <laughs> oh, bless him. But, right, I'm just putting out there, I loved The Mummy. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And maybe I spoke about it on the podcast before, or maybe I just tweeted it, I don't remember, but I made an executive decision with this film that I wasn't going to watch any trailers because I've decided that now all these film companies 
keep releasing like four or five trailers. Mm-hmm. And by the time I've seen all these trailers, I feel like I've seen the entire film. So I decided I wasn't going to watch any trailers at all. And I heard people slagging Tom Cruise off, slagging a lot of things about the film off. And I was like, how do you know? Because you haven't even seen it. You've just watched all of these multiple trailers and you don't even have a clue. So the original plan was that I was going to go and see Guardians. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it yet. I didn't go last night. Um, So, but because Guardians is coming to the end of its run, it's on at strange times. And I finished work quite late. So I decided to see The Mummy instead. And... I want to talk really in depth about this later because I appreciate that not a lot of people will have seen it because it did. I saw it on the day that it opened. So I don't want to spoil things. But what I will say is it's fantastic. A female mummy is brilliant. Tom Cruise is fine in it, he's not bad. And I am so, so, so excited for this whole dark universe. It's opened a whole bunch of doors. The story is going to be ridiculous. I'm so excited. I'll tell you what it hasn't opened. What? Massive box office numbers. I don't know why, though, because it's really good. Yeah, but, right, so I've got a thing about this. So, first of all, um, on a comment you made there... um, Am I not right? And I, I'll, I'll openly hold, throw my hands up in the air, because um, I can count on you, and say that I've never seen the original Mummy, but the original Mummy was a woman, wasn't it? Mm, I'm talking the, the orig- 1930s Mummy. The, uh, well, no, but it didn't really have a Mummy in the original Mummy. Did it not? Well, not really, no. Oh, wow. Sort of, but not... I just assumed the nineties one was, you know, we don't we don't like women in the nineties, so therefore we'll have um, Arnold Fusu, or how you pronounce his name. Hang on a minute, mummy. what are you talking about? The what Brendan Fraser mummy or the no original no no mummy? the original the original mummy. Oh okay, yeah, I, I stand by what I said. I was actually watching <laughs> the Hammer horror version of the Mummy yesterday, and that's yeah. actually very very good, and you can get that on Amazon. Other retailers are available. But not for that, because it's only on Amazon. <laughs> <laughs> Which is fine. In that case, then no one can sue us. Um, I mean, I've got to be honest. I, I, I was going to go and see The Mummy Tonight. Um, which isn't isn't a sequel, by the way. I meant tonight I was going to see The Mummy. But at my local cinema, the timing was, was off. I had the opposite problem to you, Amanda, with, with Guardians. Um, so I went to see Wonder Woman instead, which I'll talk a little bit about in a minute. Um but I, I've got. I, I don't know what it is this year. So I've seen. I saw quite a lot of trailers of them. I mean, I was quite excited for it, and I still want to go and see it. And the reviews have been interesting. If you if you've seen any reviews, some people no no one said it's amazing, but you've got reviews that say it's pretty good, and other reviews that say it's a bit of a turkey. But what I think has been really interesting this year is the amount of flops that we've seen. So, you know, only only on what? Days After Dark the other week, we were talking about how Pirates of the Caribbean hadn't opened particularly well. Um, and now, this week, we've got The Mummy that's done the same thing. 
But it, it's only been out a few days, so I wouldn't say it's a flop flop. When a film opens in, and we're talking America, so when a film opens to thirty, I think it opened at thirty-two million. Yeah, yeah, but it's all about the foreign at the moment. It's not about I, I domestic was come anymore. To that. I was going to come to that, and you're spot on there. But there still is a lot of focus on America, and when that opens up lower than the second week of the, of Wonder Woman, that's and it's the start of a, of a franchise. That's the thing. That's where it's telling. Now this year we've seen already King Arthur flopping. That was supposed to be the start of a franchise. And the same with uh, Power Rangers. That also flopped. And that was supposed to be the start of a franchise. All right, okay. But Wonder Woman's been out for two weeks. Mm -hmm. And all right, it's done a lot more domestic. Mm -hmm. But The Mummy has done half of what Wonder Woman has done internationally in just a week. But where's Wonder Woman opened? Because The Mummy's opened in pretty much every market. Is Wonder Woman not then? I don't know. I, 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 I mean, I know it's opened quite a few international markets, but I don't know if it's opened uh, in China, for example, where the Mummy had a, a really big weekend over there. Um, yeah. And so, the th- you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just saying, like, you, you know, we may not be comparing apples with apples. We could be. It could have opened yeah. all the same kind of markets. But I mean, I'm with you. I mean, I, I think, you know, international take is now having a, a massive effect on film releases, but what I'm struggling to understand is why in America this seems to be a problem this year. Why we're getting a lot of big films opening up to like well, box office. I think it might be saturation, if I'm honest. I mean, how many are there this year? Mm-hmm. I you agree, know. because this this week, I never ever go to the cinema. Like, I never ever go. But this week, I wanted to see The Mummy, I wanted to see Guardians of the Galaxy, Pirates of the Caribbean... Um, there's another one that I wanted to say I don't remember where it was I feel it's an awful lot of films out all at once but you, but I mean the thing is and you're right but Wonder Woman came out two weeks oh, yeah, ago Wonder Woman was the other one Mummy, was, Mummy came out last weekend Pirates came out the weekend before that and Guardians came out in April so if you look at it like that you know that that is spread out a little bit and you're right Chris but to be honest summer season for films you always get a big release, especially when it gets to around uh, May time. You get big releases probably every other week. Yeah, there's not much yeah. of a gap. So the thing is, it's not like this year it, there's a big raft of of big budget films. It's just for whatever reason, people don't they they're being more picky. Maybe, but at the same time, I paid thirty five pounds. For, for two tickets to see the mummy. Now, see, and that's that's the other problem as well, because having got my unlimited cards, I'm not less fussy about what I go and see, but I'll I'll give things a chance that I probably wouldn't have done if I was paying twelve pounds to go. I think I think my average ticket price on my local is about twelve pound. If I was paying twelve pound a head to go and watch uh, Wonder Woman may not have done to be honest mm. not because I didn't want to but it's because oh well you know that's quite a lot but I'm paying £17 a month so I, I only have to see two films and I've made more than my money back on what I've spent that's it if I went to go and see all the four films that I want to see this month that's £140 that I'm going to spend 
Yeah, absolutely. And with how cheap Blu-ray is now and, you know, being able to buy films digitally, you know, only a few months, you know, three, three, four months after they've come out of the cinema, there are films that I've turned around and gone, you know what, I'm not bothered to sit at the cinema because I'll just catch it when I can watch it at home. Mm-hmm. And namely because it's it's that expensive. Um, you're right. And I mean, American ticket prices aren't, I think they're a little bit cheaper than UK, but they're not by much, if they are. You could frame it another way. Guardians of the Galaxy 2 has been out for six weeks now. The Mummy has only been out for one weekend. And internationally, it's done a third of the business that Guardians has done in six weeks, internationally speaking. So it's how you define a flop. Honestly, right. I went into it thinking to myself that I maybe wouldn't enjoy it very much. I thought I'd like it because I... I'm really into Egyptian type things. Um Bangles. So I like Yeah, really. <laughs> but I always like any mummy film that comes out I tend to enjoy. But I came out of it like actually that that was really, really good. Don't get me wrong. I said in our group chat after I'd after I'd seen it that I felt like they could have gone wild with it and made it ridiculously amazing and it could have been massive. They could have done more with it. That was the only negative thing that I felt about it. Everything else I loved. I loved the story. And what do you mean by that? Do you mean that uh, it wasn't? Uh, it could have been scarier. The, the set it could have been scarier. The the story could have just been bigger. I felt like a lot of the time I was watching it, I was kind of waiting for something big to happen, and it there was no real payoff. That do you know that is one of the actual big. Well, I wouldn't say massive problems, but that is I agree with you, that is one of the problems because it it kind of walks a very bad line between being an action film and being a horror film and then a romance film or an adventure film or a thriller. It doesn't it kind of doesn't meet any of them and it does yeah. all of them a little bit wooden. You know, like for example, the horror sequences could have been a lot scarier. And they were quite scary. I mean they were scarier than the Brendan Fraser mummy. Mm-hmm. like when they're at that like river kind of pond bit I mean that could have been really scary yes. um, you know and I'm looking at that going this is definitely material for Halloween Horror Nights and it's... then you get the I mean some of my friends who have also seen it they're calling it Mummy Impossible um, I have heard that criticism yeah. as well so how? So what did you think of it then Chris did you was well, coming as Amanda or well I I I liked it, but I didn't love it. I I think possibly what's happened here, well, from my research, it seems to me that because I've wrote about this in the in the in a couple of books now, it seems to me that Tom Cruise came to this project quite late on in its production. So I have a sort of suspicion that he came onto the project because they had so much money to throw behind this project because it's all being funded basically out of the Jurassic World money that they made unexpectedly right that's what kind of pushed them into making this whole thing become a new franchise to try and sort of emulate what marvel's been doing um so i reckon that they had this massive budget set aside they started production got it quite far and then they went do you know what we've got so much money why don't we get tom cruise on the project he's a big star we need a big star to launch this franchise and i think tom cruise came along and went yeah, I'll do your film, but I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to jump out of this. I want to crash that. I want to blow this up. 
and a lot of it is you, you know you like those stories you hear about like um you you'll know Nick like um oh Wild Wild West with Will Smith about how there was story elements that were put into that just because they got <laughs> cut out of other films. Oh, you mean you mean the Spider? Yeah, the Spider. <laughs> I, I love that story. I'm wondering if this is all this some of this stuff is stuff that basically someone said to him at the last meeting for a Mission Impossible. No, you're not doing that. You're not doing that, and you're not <laughs> doing that. So then he went, oh, sod you, I'll put this in my next film, whatever it may be. You're very, yeah. you, could, you could well be right with that, to be, to be completely honest. Um, and they're not terrible, the things. No. They just, they're a kind of, possibly don't quite fit with everything, but, you know. I mean, the thing is, unlike most people, I actually quite like Tom Cruise. It's a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine. Um, I mean, I, I still think... Um, Edge of Tomorrow, Live, Die, Repeat, whatever you want to call it, was fantastic. And I'm really glad they're getting a sequel out of it. Again, funny enough, that's a film that flopped in America, but did extremely well across the globe, which is why that's getting a sequel. Um, and I do wonder how much of this is the, the Tom Cruise effect, that in America yeah. at least he's not the big draw that he once was for, I, don't know, I don't know what reason either I mean, the Mission Impossible films still still seem to do quite well but um, he does seem to be a global megastar but he doesn't seem to be much of a domestic star anymore um, yeah. I mean it'll be interesting because I mean they've not started filming the second film yet have they which is going to be The Bride of Frankenstein I no, there's, well, about five or six of these films are in production, as in they're all in pre-production. Yeah, but I, I don't think know that's which one, one is more down. Yeah, I don't know which one is more down the line. I'd assume the Frankenstein one. Well, uh, I thought that was supposed I, to be coming out next I year. I thought that it was going to be um, the Invisible Man. No, I think that one's actually one of the last ones to go. Oh, really? Which is why I only just announced Johnny Depp. I'm well, pretty sure because I think. Your favourite director, Chris, uh, is it Bill Condon? Oh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, he's doing. He's he's in line to direct The Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, I think you're right because originally that was quite way down the schedule because they wanted Angelina Jolie to play the bride. Oh, she would be perfect, though, wouldn't she? Yeah. So I don't know if they've got her or not. I mean, she might have. They might have got her. But then she might have turned around and gone, actually, that Tom Cruise thing was rubbish. I'm not going to be in it. I don't know. <laughs> you know what? If any producers are listening, I'll be Brian Frankenstein for free. You don't even have to pay me. I'll just do it. <laughs> what about, you know, Johnny Depp's doing it. What about Helena Bottom Carter? Um, you know, I really like her, but I feel like it could only be Angelina Jolie. Or, right... Makeup makeup fans will know who I'm talking about here, but there's a girl called I think she's called Micheline Micheline Pitt or something like that. Um, she did, um, she worked with Rick Baker on the Mac on a Mac line, where she did Bride of Frankenstein. She's not an actress, but she has the look. She and has I the look of being someone. She's ugly. got the look, and obviously Bride of Frankenstein doesn't talk or anything, so. Well, she hisses. Doesn't doesn't talk in in what we've seen, but who knows for this next one? Well, I mean, I feel like that could work if they if they could get her. 
Just to give... Sorry, Chris, come. I was going to say, they're in talks with Scarlett Johansson to be in the um, Creature from the Black Lagoon as oh. the lead role. Yes. Yeah. She hasn't I'm so confirmed. excited about all these films. Honestly, I left that cinema buzzing and I was trying to explain to Josh what was what was going to happen and there's little bits in the film that kind of lead you on to things and there's parts of the film where he was like oh, that was stupid, that didn't make any sense and I'm like no it's that happened because this because this is happening and he was like oh yeah actually okay yeah okay I get that now well th- th- see the thing is as well and this is sticking up for the film is that the critics have all pretty much panned it but they're comparing it with you know things that are classical you know classic films from the black and white era that may or may not have been brilliant and a sort of sentiments and things but actually you, you should be comparing it against Marvel films because that essentially is what they're trying to copy or even DC films. Mm-hmm. So when you actually compare it against any of like your very you know run of the mill Marvel films actually it holds up very well it's actually a lot better than some of the Marvel films. Do you yeah. think announcing it as the dark universe also put a dampener on it? And what I mean no. is again no. it's not the it's not the concept I like the concept of the dark universe but the fact that you've You've gone steamrolling in with this is the first of this whole new Dark Universe franchise before the film Honestly, even come out. Honestly, still the only one thing, seriously, the only one thing that I can say negatively about it is that I just feel like they should have gone a little bit bigger knowing that this was going to be the first in a series. They could have gone crazy big with it. No, 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 no. The most negative thing was Russell Crowe's Dick Van Dyke impression. I'm gonna bloody kill you, I am. Honestly, I was sat watching that, and all I was thinking of was you and Craig. Uh, look, the th- the thing is, the problem is, is that you know he's the anchor of these films. I said anchor, um, so uh, you know he's gonna be he's gonna be in all of them. Um, he's the Samuel L. Jackson of it. Um, I mean, the thing is, I'm I, I'm still going to go and see it, and I'm looking forward to it, and I'm glad that you 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 guys are having. Wait, can it. I can I ask you a question? Me, a both of you. Right, I have I still haven't seen the trailers, so I don't know what people know and what people don't know. Um, do people know who Russell Crowe's character is? I think yeah. it's been well publicised who his character is. I went into it knowing nothing, not one thing. They, they announced I'd... it. They announced it just before the film opened. They, when they announced Johnny Depp was going to be the Invisible Man in this world, they also announced Russell Crowe was Doctor Jekyll or Mister Hyde. Okay, oh, yeah. right. Yeah, I yeah. ignored everything. I've only had one conversation with one person about this entire series, and that was with Jason Sorrell. You also know in the trailers that um, there's a plane crash and Tom Cruise. Uh, comes back from dead. Really? That's in the trailer. Yeah. I'm so yeah, is, glad yeah. that I didn't watch the trailers. Then, mm. honestly, right? My, I'm advising people stop watching trailers. Don't watch them. And the, and you know, going back to my my thing about having the unlimited pass, the problem I've got, and I had this tonight when I saw Wonder Woman, is I got to the cinema too early. Well, I get this right. I watched Wonder Woman 12A. It comes up saying the following trailers are age appropriate for the film you are about to watch. Twelve A. I saw the Ninja, um, sorry, the Lego Ninjago movie 
and Despicable Me 3. <laughs> what? Yeah. I saw the Star Wars trailer. I've not even seen it on a big screen yet, and I saw Pirates and All Souls. Well, I saw so. that and I was like, I'm actually excited about this. Oh yeah, it looks good. It looks Do you good. know what? We didn't have any trailers, I just thought about that. Did it yet? When did you go and see no, it? No, we just... At the Odeon, we just no, had... No, 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 when, when did you see it? Uh, what day did you see it? Sunday. Oh, okay, that's, that's strange, because I know, I mean, it used to be tradition, because films always came out on a Friday, didn't they? Yeah. That was always their first day, and then, over the years, we've seen films come out either on a Thursday or a Wednesday now, sometimes because of the two-for-one offers we get in the UK. Um, oh, yeah. And if I used to go and see... I used to call it a Thursday preview. And I remember going to see Batman and Robin. <laughs> I remember going to see Batman and Robin uh, on a Thursday Wait, preview. What, who's the guy that plays Robin in that? Chris O'Donnell. I had such a crush on him. Oh, bless you. I Bat nipples, Bat nipples, Bat credit card. And um, if you went to see a preview of a film, although it was the whole film... You never got trailers. You got adverts, but you got no trailers. But it's yeah. very unusual now to go to a film without any trailers. That's that's interesting. But yeah, I now um, if I go and see a film, I my film will start today. Wonder Woman starts at ten to six. I would have got if it was up. Well, it was up to me, but I got there a little bit early. Um, I would normally get there about ten past six, so I'd miss most of the trailers. But I wouldn't miss the start of the film just because I'm sick of sitting through trailers. Now I just play yeah. on my phone. Um, and try not to watch what's going on on the big screen until the film starts, because you see, end up seeing the same trailers all the time. Um, just what, my last thing I wanted to say on this, I, just, I was just looking at the figures. Now, you're right, Chris, in that it's, it will be seen as a bit of a flop. It will be. But it costs $125 million, and it's done $31 million domestic uh, officially, although it might be mm-hmm. a little bit higher, and 141 million domestic opening weekend. So that's a, a, a total worldwide of 173. It needs to make back three times its budget to not be a bomb. But it would still be a disappointment, but it wouldn't be a bomb. Wonder Woman has done 206 million domestic over two weekends, plus 230 million, just over 230 million uh, foreign for 436 in two weeks, which is ridiculous. Guardians has done 828 million worldwide, which is still behind uh, The Fate of the Furious and Beauty and the Beast. The, the thing is, with the film, it, it, they must have paid Tom Cruise, <laughs> what, 50 million, something like that? I don't know, something stupid. Tom Cruise works a lot on, on uh, cuts of the film. Okay, well, the thing is, my point is, they didn't really need him in it. You could have put any half-decent actor in that role because the film that's being sold is The Mummy. People know what The Mummy is. Everyone's seen The Bloody Mummy. But to have Tom Cruise as, as the main draw for people, he might be a draw in other countries, like foreign countries, but essentially the film sells itself. They could have saved themselves money, basically. I think we've we've seen, and I think that's what's going to happen going forward. To be honest, because I think what you've, if you look at stuff going over the last few years, you know, Johnny Depp was in everything as a quirky character. Tom Cruise was the main star in a lot of films, and both of those actors are having 
disappointment after disappointment, I think you're seeing that star value alone doesn't make a film. I mean, look, Eddie Redmayne was the main character in Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them. I know it's it was you know a Harry Potter franchise film, officially, but he was the lead actor in that film, and it did you know gangbusters. Chris Pratt was hired to do not just Guardians of the Galaxy, but Jurassic World. Now I knew Chris Pratt from Parts and Rec, and I never thought watching Parts and Rec that guy is going to mm. be the king of Hollywood, and yet was in the two biggest films of those years. The I thing is, much. <coughs> oh, the I thing love is, if, I love you. But if if you go back through history and look at these leading actors, like what was the one that was in? Um, uh, was it? Uh, God, he had a big black moustache. Used to drive a fast car Tom with Sally. No, not Tom Selleck. Oh, Burt Reynolds. Burt Reynolds, right? In the seventies and eighties, he was in everything, and then by the time of the nineties, he's doing stripper cameos in. Boogie Nights or whatever it was, you know. So eventually, yeah, Sylvester all Stallone, these stars... Arnold Schwarzenegger. I I think what this is telling us is that you can't rely on these actors to be the stars anymore. Yeah. You have to make new stars. I mean, even Scarlett Johansson. You know, I I actually really enjoyed Ghosts um, in the Shell, but that was quite a big flop. Um, and that was somebody who you thought might be kind of taking a mantle of like an Angelina Jolie, for example. But you know, maybe Jennifer Lawrence is is the queen of uh, leading films. I don't know. Having seen Wonder Woman, Gal Gadot, or however you pronounce her name, she can be she can start everything as far as I'm concerned. Hubba, she looks hubba. fantastic. Oh, I loved in the Fast and Furious. <laughs> What's films, the girl but, called oh. that plays Armanette in The Mummy? Oh, I'd have to look it up. I don't know off the top of my head. I love her. I will say. Um, not that this is a Disney uh, a Universal podcast because it is I'm not DC one but I did really enjoy Wonder Woman except for about the last three quarters of the film no sorry <laughs> the last quarter of the film the first three quarters I thought were, were exceptional the last quarter was a bit of a disappointment um, but I, I thought she was uh, fantastic in it in fact I think everyone in it was really good Actually, I can see why people like it as much as they do. It's it's clearly the best. Sorry, Lee Malaby. It's clearly the best DC film they've put out <laughs> in, in bloody years. He still thinks Batman, Superman, and Man of Steel are, are uh, ahead of it, but he's wrong. I haven't seen any of them. God, yeah. Lee, what are you smoking, oh, mate? No, honestly, I want some of it though. Does sound good. <laughs> um, sorry, uh, Sophia Butella. She's fantastic. She's very good, yeah. Oh, she is yeah, very, she very was good. in uh, Street Dance 2. Yeah, she was great in Street Dance 2. Um, and she was in Star Trek Beyond. No, I haven't seen it either. She was also, because I was like, I kind of recognise her face. She was in The Kingsman. Oh, right, yeah. Oh, okay. She was the one with the uh, the blade legs in, in Kingsman. Oh. Well, I left that good. film thinking... I can't wait to get home and do this makeup. <laughs> a uh, sign of a good, good idea. film. Sign of a good film. So now that's what I want. I'm going to do a review of it after a few weeks when, when some more people have seen it because I do want to talk about spoilers in it and I want to do three different makeups from the film. Cool. I'm excited. But anyway, 
Chris, you just posted a tweet asking for questions, and my phone won't stop beeping. Yeah, we've had <laughs> loads and loads of questions in. Do you want me to run for them? Please. Yeah, run for them. Okay, Gary tweets, that Florida guy, how can heterogeneous production goods be included in a mathematical traffic trackable intertemporal equilibrium construction? I think he's just typing long words. I don't think this yeah, is an actual question. You've got a thesaurus, Gary. Yeah. He says, how does it all fit into HHN? So basically he's referencing the mummy. So in theory, I don't think it does fit into HHN yet, but I, I think it's a missed opportunity myself. I mean, what do you think, Amanda? Agreed. Honestly, I love anything to do with ancient things. So when I was in school, I wanted to be an archaeologist and I wanted to go and visit the pyramids and do things like that. Then I changed my mind and wanted to be a marine biologist. But I'm so into ancient history. So last year, Too Many Ancients was one of my favourite houses ever. And they could have really utilised things that they used in that house for a mummy house. And so I do think that they've missed a trick. Yeah. I, I don't know why there's not been any synergy because the company that's the production firm that's actively working with Universal Legendary actually has a contract that mentions Halloween Horror Nights. Do you think so, do you think it could be because the final cut they they left it quite late to get a final cut of the film and that's not given them enough time to think of a house? Well it it backs up my Tom Cruise theory. Maybe he delayed things. Maybe. Hmm. You know, if you've got to go maybe film... he's got something in his contract that would stop it. Could be. Could be. I mean, you could do... In fact, you know, a lot of people moan about, like, The Walking Dead because it doesn't have any of the characters in. You could actually do a mummy house with very few of the characters. Mm. Yeah. You would go along the same line. But you wouldn't necessarily need him. Yeah. Um, Ash tweets, what are all the IPs you think will feature this year? Well... I tweeted out the map yesterday, so that kind of has all the IPs on it. Do we think that's real? Yeah. But it's not It's not a real map from Universal. Yeah. But pretty much all those IPs are the ones that we have heard. So just for people that haven't seen it, what IPs... Obviously, we've got the, um, the Shining. Yeah. Or so the we got... Shining. The sh- yeah, use your shitting. We don't want to get sued. Uh, American Horror Story, because those two have been confirmed. Then you've got the Catacombs Gothic crossover. Yes. A Scarecrow maze, yeah. which Amanda and I have known about for a long time. Yeah, no to that one. Uh, Saw. Uh, an Ash versus, Ash versus Evil Dead. Interesting. Uh, Bayou of Blood. Uh, and then a Bloomhouse... Um, mashup house the final house is a question mark but that's the house we think the conjuring would have been in if it was included is so it, what is, we're here do you think there's absolutely no chance that last house could be the mummy god that that would be a surprise wouldn't it mm. but no considering mike Hello has just watched the film i doubt it he could work really fast we don't know or he could have already been working on a concept and he just wanted to see the final cut to make sure it was right. 
I mean, he could be bluffing us. I mean, him and John Murdy have both tweeted out in the last 12 months that they were on a plane flying whilst working on a project that was currently being filmed. Yes. Yes. So where is that on this was like writing a a store or something for a house that isn't even out yet. Yeah. And I was like, oh, so then I went on to all these websites and I was like, okay, so we've got Jeepers Creepers, we've got Leatherface film, we've got a new um, Friday the 13th film. I was looking at all these films that come out this year. Nowhere to be seen. Yeah. So then that could only lead me to Insidious, but then apparently no. Well, for me, the only Bloomhouse production that I've seen this year has been Get Out. I don't know how they do that as a house, though. I don't know, but I would love it. I would absolutely love it if it was. But then, if we're talking Bloomhouse, what about things like Sinister? Sinister is scary AF. Well, all of those things technically will, well, should be in that house. Yeah, um, like Paranormal Activity, um, the, the Purge. Well, the, I'll tell you what I do know about that house, which is the Men in Black uh, temporary house. When that was being fitted up, the contractors, uh, a guy contacted me who worked for them and said that they're putting an awful lot of power into that house. Mm. So we all automatically assumed it would be a 3D house. But actually, what it could be is it could have a hell lot of special effects in that house. Well, this goes back to the time that um, we interviewed Brad Fuller, Chris. Oh, yeah. Um, And so he's done work with them. And we've got things like Ouija, Origin of Evil, and obviously The Verge. Like, there's so many. Like, th- if this was going to be a Bloom House mashup house, this could be a crazy good house. Didn't he say on in the interview that he really wanted to see the Ouija used? Yeah, he did. So maybe he was. What he said was he would like it if we walked into like a seance. Hmm. Maybe he was giving us a hint. Maybe. But I've watched both of those films recently. And I was like, yeah. But also on that, um, the town that dreaded sundown. I did a film review on this a few weeks ago. I did it on the original one and talked a little bit about the the kind of remake type one. Um, that's that's from William House Tim. That's scary. That's a true story. There's so many cool things that they could do if they were going to do a Bloom House mashup. Like, it would be ridiculously good. Well, Greg asks, if the map is genuine, which house are you most anticipating for? Most that one. anticipating. That one. If, that, if that's true, 100% that one. Well, for me, it would be The Shining. Yeah, like, The Shining, yeah. I'm really excited about The Shining. I love The Shining. I think it'll be very beautiful to look at. But I think if they were going to do a Bloom House mashup house, the stuff that they could do in that would be ridiculous. What about you, Nick? I I haven't really seen that many Bloom House films, so I can't really say other than Get Out. 
Oh, but wait, now that I'm looking at the map again, and there's, uh, there's one with scare zones on it. Ah. And trick-or-treats on it. Friggin' love trick-or-treat. Uh, do you know, I'm so glad there is a trick-or-treat, because literally every single day that I've oh, had a Twitter life. account, I've had a guy called Nikita Vantaletatias, or whatever his name is, message me every day demanding that we have a trick-or-treat house. Yeah. But it's not up to you. Stay. I know. I keep telling. <laughs> you know, th- those that aren't um, part of, part of our podcast, um, Craig actually had that guy play the flute. I know. <laughs> Honestly, Craig winds everyone up, and this guy was winding. Like, I I put in our group chat that I was getting annoyed, not in a mean way, but every time I tweet anything. Or I'd tweet Chris something. This guy would would join in the conversation, not to talk to us, just to copy and paste the same trick or treat tweet every single time. And I was like, oh, this guy is annoying me. Every <laughs> single time I post anything, or Chris posts anything, or anyone posts anything, he just says it. So Craig obviously had to go and wind him up. And then in the end, it ends up with this guy playing the flute for Craig. Didn't, didn't Craig ask him to go away and play the pink flute? I think so. I think he did. <laughs> but he came back with a real life flute and played it. Which wasn't pink. <laughs> it um, was not pink. Chris, was there any uh, any other questions we got from the Twitterverse? Uh this is three or four left. Uh who do you think the icon will be from George Edwards? I think we've discussed that one. Uh Brian Rose asks, Is the tent food really worth it? I'm always wanted to try the twisted taters. Yes to the twisted taters. Yeah, they are pretty epic. Um, yeah, I think, yeah. And there's um, cheese, cheesy wedges. I don't know what their actual name is. Um, I just call them cheesy wedges. They're really nice, too. Coming up, Warwick's tweets. Do you think The Walking Dead still deserves a place in Halloween Horror Nights? Probably not. Honestly, then... uh, yeah. Okay, a few people have put no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll, and then I'll wait got... for the hate. But last year's Walking Dead house, I really enjoyed. And also, I feel like Walking Dead goes through dips of people loving it and then not being so into it. But at the beginning of this season, when with the whole Negan situation, people were appalled at the episode. They loved it. They were so, like, taken aback by it. And I feel like if they were going to do a Walking Dead house and they had things like that in it, it does deserve a place in Halloween Horror Nights. If they're not going to use the characters, no. Well, oh, I'm, I've, I have seen documents in the last couple of weeks that show that they are seriously thinking about putting it in where the Terminator is. I mean, I know that was a rumour last year, but there has been new talk about that. Mm. I'm down for that. So, uh, we've got three questions left. Two of them are for you, Amanda. Uh, the, fir- the first one is, what is the scariest house of all time, in your opinions, guys? That's from Skywalker. The house three down, three doors down from where I used to live. <laughs> that family were horrible. Um, house-wise, Texas Chainsaw Massacre was real scary last year. I thought because that I think that's the scariest film I've made. Um, before that, it was at twenty-four. I think the Roanoke House because there was scarecrows in it, which I wasn't expecting. Scare zone wise, there was I think it was called Field of Screams, where 
I had an actual panic attack and cried and someone had to come and get me out of the scare zone because it was all scarecrows. They were my scariest. What was that horror film that was like a comedy horror and it had those lifts with all the different horrors in it? Um, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah, that was my scariest one, that one. Oh, really? Yeah, I thought that was dead scary. I love Cabin in the Woods. I'm not a massive horror film fan, but... um... I remember seeing that at the cinema just after it came out because I, all I was told was, "Oh, there's there's a bit of a twist in it. Like you better go and see it before the twist is revealed." So I did, and uh, yeah, loved it. So the the last two questions are just for you, Amanda. The first one is from Ash, and it says, um, "Amanda, uh, would you pick never listening to Newfound Glory again, or ET being demolished?" What? <laughs> Which Ash, one? What kind of question is that? One that's going to stop you going on holiday to together. <laughs> oh no, it's not not Ash, her sister. Oh, no, right. this is boy Ash. This is a boy Ash. Yeah, yeah. Ash, why do you hate me? I don't. I don't know. I could never pick between that. Like, how can you pick between Chad from Newfound Glory and Et? It's a ridiculous kind of question. I don't know. Uh, and the final question comes from Brian Sager and asks, Amanda, will you marry me? Um, do you live in Orlando? If you have US citizenship, <laughs> without even seeing your face, she'll consider it. Oh, she's seen his face, all right. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't listen. What's um? Do you, Brian? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, quickly moving on. Quickly moving on. Um, right. So I said about Hor- Halloween Horror Nights at the end of the show, but there is something. M- I think is massive that it'd be crazy if we do not talk about on Universal After Dark. Mm-hmm. And that's the announcement of Nintendo Land. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I shared the video in our group <clears throat> from the, the Japanese launch of of the event, which I thought was quite hysterical, actually. With... Uh, a, 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 I don't know how they... I mean, they didn't do it very well, but they did at the same time of, of somebody dressed as Mario uh, hitting blocks as it kind of scrolled um, behind them and interacting with it to reveal style, uh, like Nintendo Land. But um, I, I'm fascinated by the whole thing. And I think what's quite interesting is if the... So, uh, so a, a leaked... Was it a leaked plan that's been revealed? Okay. I've I've since had discussions about this map, uh, this the, this plan that was submitted. That plan was supposedly from the original pitch, right? Mm. So it is not the one that is that is not representative of what they're building. Yeah, it but was... it does. It is the same size geographically as what they're building, which which is fairly big. Yeah, to me, what I think is is most interesting of that whole thing is the fact that. Universal's going to get a castle. Yes. <laughs> and I mean, you know, okay, yes, Hogwarts is a castle. But what I mean is, they're going to get their version of a Disney castle. Of a princess castle. Yeah. Oh, I think that's really cute. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> but I, I just think it, that that was quite sweet. But um, that, that's one of the things they're not sure is actually happening. It's not so much it being the princess castle... It might be Bowser's castle. Oh. Either castle's fine. Because it will mm. still look more like a Disney castle than 
Hogwarts does. Won't it? Yeah. You know, yeah. It, will, it will still be more fun. And I'm sure it will be their, their kind of sticking two fingers up at Disney by doing that. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I mean, the attractions list sounds great. Yeah, I was looking at, at this map and there's an awful lot of attractions on it. An awful lot. That makes me pretty excited. However, I'm looking at it right now and all that I'm thinking is I know that Chris, you said that this isn't like the actual, the final of it. But, you know in the Simpsons area where they've got that whole row of um, games? Yeah. I'm really hoping that they don't do something like that in there. But I feel like that they will. Sorry, what was that, Amanda? You know, in the Simpsons area, mm-hmm. they have the whole row of... Um, Old Carney games. Yeah. Yeah. I hate that. I hate walking through that bit. It feels a bit cheap, doesn't it? Yeah, and the same in Islands of Adventure, when you're walking through Toon Lagoon, and you have to walk through all of them in there, I hate it. The thing is, it probably raises a bit of money for nothing, but I find it very local fairground rather than theme park. Yeah, I don't like it. So I'm I'm hoping they don't have something like that in there. Or if they do, it's just like a, a tiny, tiny little area. But do we think we're going to get a Mario ride and Mario Kart? Yeah, that's pretty much locked in. What I've heard is that the plans they're building to will be more geared around everything Mario rather than everything Nintendo. Right. So think Mario, Yoshi, um, the princess, the toads, blah, blah, blah. Uh Little Yoshi. Yeah, because there's on about a a kiddies ride, like a Yoshi-themed spinner or something. I can't remember now. Well, I mean, from the plans, there's a Kirby's... Funland area that would be like I suppose the replacements of Barney. Hmm. Well, was it replacing Barney? I think it was over the Barney area. It, Barney's going. Animal yeah. Actors is going. Yeah, yeah. So it would make sense for them to you know to put an, another kitty bit in there. But um, yeah, I just I mean okay, well, I know we're a few years away, but I, I just thought it was it was big news and it'd be crazy for us to uh, to not mention it. But I'm sure but we'll at least E.T. is still on the map. Literally, if it wasn't for Steven Spielberg, it would have been demolished ages ago. And yeah. I say that as I love E.T. as well. When I was on holiday, I spoke to a couple of different people and they told me, don't you worry, man, it's not going anywhere. <laughs> was that Steven Spielberg and his estate? Yeah, random. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That doesn't surprise me. Okay. You didn't remind me about Halloween Horror Nights. What did you want to talk Indeed. about? Just for oh. that segment. Um, Maybe you're listening. Okay. So here's the thing. Now, okay, I, I get this doesn't really... Um, it, it, this is a bit self-indulgent. Obviously, it doesn't really apply to me at this current time, but I still thought it was worth mentioning it. So um, I've only been to Halloween Horror Nights once, and that was the 20th anniversary, and I went with my wife... Um, who couldn't stand the houses. We went in 
two well we went in one house and we went in the entrance of another house and that's all we did that night uh, after that it was scare zones and we, we didn't really spend too much time in the scare zones we saw the live shows that year it was Brian Luckwood Brian Brushwood mm-hmm. he's a close personal friend of mine and Amanda's yeah we, we know him he follows me on Twitter blimey oh, I just can't was on Twitter. I just can't remember his name <laughs> it's Brian Brushwood isn't it yeah yeah um, so we saw he had uh, two shows I think one was called Fire and one was called Ice or something there were two polar opposites I can't remember what it was that year but anyway so we saw one of his shows we saw Bill and Ted which uh, you know, I thought was was excellent pardon the pun um, and I know some years are better than others but if you've never seen it before it was still a good show um, I, but as I said we didn't really spend too much time doing it um, because of that my experience of Halloween Horror Nights wasn't particularly great um, mm. Then I read your book, Chris, and got really interested in the kind of concepts of it. And, and you know, through reading that and hearing you and Amanda talk about Halloween Horror Nights uh, with such love and respect, that it kind of makes me understand why people like it. But because my experience was was not very good, um, me going to another Halloween Horror Nights event is kind of on the wire like I wouldn't be able to go with my wife I'd have to go with someone else which wouldn't be a problem or go by myself but um, because of that experience it's like I don't know if I would enjoy myself doing it so for somebody who sat on the fence about going to Halloween Horror Nights and spending uh, one or various nights going to it what would be your advice to somebody doing that to try and convince them why it's so much fun and being scared is as enjoyable as it is rather than making you cry in the street, which is what happened with my wife. Okay, right. I think that me and Chris would both have completely different answers to That's this. That's good. That's good. Because <laughs> I'm super, super into horror films. That's what I've, I've just always been into horror films. So I like Halloween Horror Nights because I like seeing these films realized yeah seeing i like being a part of it but then on the other side of that i really like the creative element of it so i my favorite thing about going into a halloween horror night's house is seeing the set design or how they've done a costume or how they've made all of these random people look exactly like the characters from the film and they, they'll have 10 of them and they're all the same that's what i'm the most interested in Chris will have a totally, totally different answer to me. And then someone maybe like Gary, that Florida guy, his girlfriend Becca is really, really not into horror at all. She doesn't like going in the houses. So when they go, they go more to hang out with friends. Gary likes going in the houses and he'll go in the houses, but they tend to spend most of their time in scare zones or hang out with friends. So I think everyone will have a different answer. But to me... I feel like you you like films in general, Nick. Mm. So I feel like you'd you'd kind of have the same feeling as me, is that you'd you'd be part of a film, like you'd be in the film, kind of. Yeah. Okay. Do you, and want, then, do you want to know the house, by the way? Do you want to know the house that I actually did go in? Yeah. So the house that we actually went all the way through in 
was, uh, and I said it was 20th anniversary, Chris, so you might be able to remember this, was mm-hmm. the uh, the Paranormal Activity style house. Oh, well, actually, I'll tell you what, you didn't pick a bad house to go through then. With the uh, the chair that came to life. That's not a bad house. And you had a scare actor under the floor in the hallway. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yes. Like, I thought the theming to it was was really good because it was kind of like in a, if I remember right it was in, a, in like a forest or something or was in was in a, a kind of separate area so it made it look like it was a house all by itself um, but yeah and the house that we had to abandon was I think it was Hades that one house of the year really oh. it did yeah we got to the front of the house and we walked through the entrance and there was all this uh, fog and you literally couldn't see in front of you and my wife was like I can't do this and that was it we left You what? wait you were like that or your wife was like my that my wife was like that okay so my, my wife my wife <laughs> so if you were to go without your wife mm-hmm. and you were to go with some friends or you were to go by yourself I feel like you'd have a totally different experience anyway because you're you wouldn't be scared in that way you'd be scared in the fun way and it's quite interesting you say that because before we get to chris's answer to the same question what i what we spent the rest of the night doing as i said was because you can't it's very hard to avoid anything Mm -hmm. you can avoid going to houses obviously but you're going to come across a scare zone or something so we walked through the mardi gras bit i thought that was quite good with the people um, doing like the Mardi Gras celebrations of zombies. Um, our favourite bit actually was standing at the edge of the exit to where the Chainsaw Gang were that year, which was in like oh, an alleyway. Yeah, Sting Alley. Yeah, yeah. and watching people, um, you know, come running out of there screaming whilst uh, whilst being chased by chainsaws, which sounds very realistic, by the way. Yes. Okay. Do you know, prior to them building that bloody Starbucks, they used to use that Sting Alley and the building next door to put houses in. And with that theming of that sort of back alley New York street, it was so perfect for houses. Right. Mm. I, can I was so pissed when they built that bloody Starbucks. So, I mean, the thing is, from, from my point of view, and I think because I'm not used to... Because we don't really have that many... Like many hollow... can't even speak, I'm not even drunk that many horror type of attractions in the UK is that it is quite intense and I can't say that it didn't scare me at all, I didn't get that kind of sense of fear but um, what I was doing by like the second hour being in there was actually finding some of it quite funny not because it wasn't scary but because of how it made you feel you got that element of fear and dread and then the kind of laughter is oh it's not real Almost. That's the only way I could kind of describe it. Uh, well, but most people, if it's date night, they'll want to go to the cinema and either watch a horror film or a comedy film. Mm. People love to be scared and people love to laugh. And often, with being scared and being jumped out your skin, it's often followed by a laugh. Mm. So I think it is really, a, you know, a, a, a two-sided coin. And I agree with what you're saying. Yeah, she wouldn't go near um, the the Jack and Chance meet and greet either. <laughs> she was completely petrified of Jack, yeah, which I thought was quite funny. I, I, I don't like you know who likes killer clowns, but um, 
yeah, I love the interaction he was he was having with uh, the the guest that year, um, and the, and the, the the what they call it scare attack, the street scaring. What's the term for that when they have like the little side shows? Not, not scare- characters, but like, is it they like call it scaretainment or something? I don't know. <laughs> I think you just made that up. <laughs> I, know, I probably have. <laughs> But you know, oh, when they, well, like, well, they might um, have. Um, they were like, uh, I think they were bobbing, uh, trying to drown witches. That year, one of the the sideshow attractions, and I'm sure there was somebody running around as Chucky. In the twentieth year, yeah, um... but not. I mean, it wasn't a, a, a scare zone. So it might have just been <laughs> an actor dressed up. I don't know, but um... I, I could. Yeah, I could tell you. Yeah, I could tell you. Uh... And not, it's funny if you've got a bad sense of humour like uh, like us. Craig. Well, I remember once years ago, I was in a group of friends, and there was a chap who looked a bit like uh, Peter. Is it Peter Dinkley? Dinklage. Yep. Peter Dinklage. Yep. Dinklage from uh, you know shortish, very very shortish guy who was wearing like an overcoat and a hat and things. And one of our members of the group thought he was a scare actor. He just happened to be a small person enjoying Halloween Horror Nights on his own. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what would your advice be, Chris? Uh, I agree with everything both of you have said. Um, I, I, I got into it through hearing the story that essentially, back in the day, all of the film producers... Uh, directors and all the actors, all the leading people used to bugger off on holiday sorry, vacation every summer and it would leave all the technicians and craftsmen and all the joiners and technicians everybody behind and it became almost a way of building an event giving them something to do to utilise the props, the sets, you know all of the expertise that they have. So I kind of fell in love with that kind of story and I've always uh, you know, like Logan, been and you as well, Nick. I mean, and you as well, Amanda. You know, been really heavily interested in how films are made and how things are put together, and that still interests me more than anything else. More than say the horror, um, like for example, The Shining. The reason why I'm most looking forward to that is because I don't know how they're going to do it, mm-hmm. um, and I don't think they did when they eventually got the yes. Um, I think they both must have looked at each other and gone, oh, we've got the yes, now how do we actually do this bloody thing? So that's what keeps me interested, and that's what I, I say to people is, you know, and I get people message me this as well, is how do I convince my friend to come with me? How do I convince my partner that she'll like it? And I say to them, well, look into the history of it, look at what it's done before, and try and get your head just around how much they achieve at Universal. Because, you know, I tweeted this out recently, and Michael actually shared uh, this this quote, and it was that basically every year Disney has a Halloween party and Universal has a Halloween party. But Disney puts the same old, same old crap every year. It's the same parade, the same costumes, it's the same candy, it's almost the same locations, it's all the same. And anything that new comes along just gets added every year. Universal builds essentially nine brand new attractions from scratch every single year. And all right, it takes them 12, 18 months to do, 
And some of these houses, like The Shining, for example, take 10 years of negotiations to bring them to the event. So I say to people, look into all this stuff. Look at how much hard work goes into it and appreciate actually how much craftsmanship and how much expertise go into it. And once you get your head around that element, I think it, you appreciate the event on a whole new level. Because there is nothing in the world like Halloween Horror Nights. That is the truth. And trust me, I've been to a few and they're absolutely crap. <laughs> <laughs> and another plug for your I book, agree. because it's, I think if you are on the fence about it, your book is a, a, a real good uh, topper to that. If you, if you read Chris's book and don't want to go to Halloween Horror Nights after that, you're probably half dead. <laughs> well, this is the problem, you see, is is people like us, we've been talking about this event for years. When I used to go, literally nobody went to the event. It was some nights you'd go and it'd be empty. Mm-hmm. And the more it's grown and got bigger and better, the more that, like us here now talking about it on podcasts and writing about it, it's become an all-year-round obsession for us and for so many other people as well. And it's turned what was this kind of like cheaply put together little regional Halloween party, because that's basically what it was always marketed as, was like a thing to come and hang out with your mates, listen to some music and have a few scares. That's literally what it was. Now it's become into this all year round obsession and it's become a true international event with people coming from literally all over the world to experience this event in Orlando. Exactly. I was talking to my dad about this a few weeks ago because the first time that me and my dad went was 2002. And we were talking about how when we used to go, there was, I mean, you'd, you'd see British people there, but rarely. Yeah. It was, it was mostly Americans and probably local Americans. Locals. That it really... most, yeah, it was mostly yeah. the locals. That's it. And it, it wasn't on for as long as it is now. It wasn't on for as many days. It wasn't on as many days during the week as it is now. And so he hasn't been since 2007. And so wow. when I'm when I'm telling him about the crazy crowds now and about how if I'm on Twitter and all of these British people that would never have gone in the past are all going now, he's like, what, Really? And I'm like, yeah, it's it's great, it's crazy, crazy popular now. Yeah. Bring him out, bring him out, bring him out. <laughs> you know out. what? I actually, I I tried to bring him with me in May. Maybe it wasn't on them. I know, but I, well, he could have seen the scare zone that was there. True. But um, I might bring him with me next year in September. You heard it here first. Surprise part two. <laughs> cool, that was it for me. Well, I hope that we shed some light on it for you. Literally. I recommend Halloween Horror Night to anybody. Like, literally anybody. Everyone needs to try it once. And I always use Ash as an example for this because Ash came with, with us to Halloween Horror Nights since 2002, but she only went in her first house in 2014 wow her first house was how that was 2014 wasn't it chris when they did the first halloween house Uh, i think it was yes yes it was yeah yeah. that was the first house that she went in wow so she'd she'd been all the years with us but she just did the scare zones she wasn't even really big on the scare zones 
Um, but she just enjoyed the event. She enjoyed seeing the show. She enjoyed seeing, like I said, the Festival of the Dead Parade. Um, but she could still enjoy it without going in the houses. And now that she does do the houses, she likes it even more. And you'd never think that with Ash because she is probably really even more into horror films than I am. Wow. I mean, I'm not even into horror films that much. I mean, if someone said to me 20 years ago, you will, in a few years' time, get obsessed with a Halloween event and go every year, I'd be like, yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then here you are. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Two bestsellers later, and here I am. <laughs> <laughs> not, that he's, not that he's bragging or anything. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think that wraps up then. Yep. Anyone need to say anything? Oh, wait, no, I've got one more thing to say. <gasps> Ooh, da-da-da. Um, so, on Sunday, just gone, <laughs> E.T. 10.35. The film. Okay, oh. see you later then, bye. <laughs> <laughs> 35. And also, a few days before that, Universal Studios... The park turned 27 and so did the ET ride so um, yeah Universal Studios has been open for 27 years now when that's did, crazy when did ET open up in Hollywood then in Hollywood hmm. I don't know mm. don't know off my head but in in Orlando opened opening with day. the park opening day Um this time 27 years ago also on that note i just want to give a little shout out to my friend steve um who went to go and ride et the day that opened back up and sent me a little video of et saying my name thanks steve that was kind of yeah thank Um, you boston (laughs) (laughs) it won't say boston i tried to get it from my my youtube channel and it, it wouldn't say it but now that it's been refurbished, apparently my friend Tim told me that um, they've added more names to the list. So maybe because I asked them to say it so many times, they added it. I don't know. But apparently there's some nice new lighting. ET says more names. Um, they've added a couple of different new things in it. And... The ET smell is kind of gone for right now, but we think that it's just the paint smell masking the ET smell. For now. And and is the animatronics still rubbish? Listen, it's 27 years old. (laughs) I don't care if they're rubbish. I love them. I'm 34 years old this year. What? Chris wants to ask a question. Yeah, why have they never done a meet and greet with ET? Well, right, you can get your picture with E.T. in the gift shop, um, like a, a mannequin of E.T. You can sit on the bike with him, and then you can do it in E.T.'s cupboard where he's dressed up in the wig. Um, but there's no, like, live E.T. I'll, I'll volunteer myself to get in an E.T. costume and meet people. Well, just get that Peter Dinklage bloke along. He can do it. Yeah. I don't know why... Well, I'll tell you what. I think with today's technology, they could have quite easily done a really good animatronic meet-and-greet E.T. 
they could have. Honestly, if it's probably not worth it. Why? It's a thirty. As you've just said, it's a thirty-five-year-old film. And the reason why I asked about Hollywood, like when E.T. opened in Hollywood, to see if it opened earlier than Universal, is the fact that by that time, um, E.T. was, as you said, seven years old. Um, from when it at first, like the film would come out, to the right opening. Um, Jaws were, would have been, by that point, about uh, 75, 18 years old. 17 years old, and yet Blah. here we are moaning about Avatar opening up seven years after the first film came out. He's using know. logic against us, man. <laughs> Shut up, Nick. Get off my podcast. <laughs> exactly. This is what happens when I come on the show. This is why I should only stick to Disaster Dark. Sorry, sorry for ruining Avatar it. Here. <laughs> no one wants your Avatar. Get away. <laughs> actually actually yeah. saying that I, I saw a video of it at night yesterday with it all being bioluminescent and stuff it looks amazing yeah. I'm, I'm really excited be... about it I, I, I don't know if I am mm. but when I see stuff I like that I'm I think, really excited yeah, I think it's but nice. I said on Disaster Dark last time when I was actually on it um, I don't know if I can justify staying in Animal Kingdom until night time is my problem Yeah, like I, agree, I, yeah. I feel like I couldn't possibly go somewhere for the morning and go to Animal Kingdom in the afternoon. I don't that would just wouldn't make any sense to me. But I also could not stay in Animal Kingdom from ten o'clock all the way through till night time. I just feel like there's not enough for me to do there. Of course there isn't. It's a it's, it's a three quarter of a day park at best, even with Avatar. For exactly. me, I would have to be going to Animal Kingdom at four or five o'clock in the afternoon. I think. And then you have this to wait is, so long. I can't get the ultimate ticket for Halloween Horror Nights because I need something to do on my Saturdays, like Animal Kingdom night times. Yeah, there you go. Be quieter yeah. than Epcot. You know I'm going to end up at Epcot. <laughs> okay, on that note, we will have a Diz After Dark out very soon. Um, I'll do a review, a full review on The Mummy. Chris is going to have a new book out soon. Chris, any idea when yet? I received the proof today. Oh. I've got to proofread it, just make sure the final touches are done. So hopefully, maybe by this weekend, next week, it should be hitting shelves. Yeah. Wow. That's yeah. exciting. I'm actually, um, I'm not writing a Universal book, I'm writing a Disney book. And I've now got to a stage where I'm getting very close to finishing off writing it, but I'm r- waiting desperately to find out what's happening with the shares. Mm. so I'm completely stuck until they've made the announcement of the shares and what's going to happen next with Disneyland Paris oh yeah that would be quite a crucial thing in your story wouldn't it really so I've, the thing is I, I started off writing a guide and what I've ended up doing is writing a guide with also um, a comprehensive history of Disneyland Paris um, and that's the final part of that story is you know because we could find out in, in a few days time Disneyland Paris are going to, sorry, the Disney company are going to buy out Disneyland Paris. So that would be quite the end into the book. If it doesn't, that opens up further revisions. <laughs> well, I tell you something, Nick. I went there the year it opened, and I will be fascinated to read all of its history. So I'm definitely buying a copy when it comes out. Oh, superb. 
I also went that year, and uh, yeah, see, you forget actually until you're actually doing some research and, and looking back at stuff how much uh, things have changed. And I, the most telling thing was I remembered going to Disney Studios a few months after it first opened, and I forgot how empty that park was. And I don't mean just the people, I mean how empty the park was of attractions. It's uh, it, it, it was quite something. How they're your destiny to open up as a second gate, I'll never know. <laughs> but but you'll have to read about that in the book. Okay, then is that everything that we wanted to talk about? I don't know because we, we, you, yep. you, you've wrapped up the show three times, and each time sorry, you said something. no, no it's right. us, it's us, not you. <laughs> this Nick, you're not allowed on anymore. You make me talk too much. <laughs> Real life, that's it. We're going. Bye. See you on the next episode. Cheerio. Good evening. <laughs> we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. If you would like to support Diz After Dark and the other After Dark Network podcasts, please visit our website at www.patreon.com forward slash Diz After Dark. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com forward slash Diz After Dark. Thank you. Dark Podcast Network.